I am the Archangel Gabriella. I have been a soldier in the Lord of Hosts' army since time began. One of his most trusted and powerful allies, I have seen eons of celestial history, long before humans were imagined. Man is a child when it comes to jealousy, pride, and envy in comparison to the celestial models whose resemblance he bears. I was there when my dearest friend and confidant betrayed my father and me. I led the legions who cast the morning star and his angels into the raging pit below. The battle was long and brutal. Thousands on both sides sent to the eternal rest. We matched the torments our enemy brought to us. Torture by torture and burning wing by burning wing. We rendered angel flesh to meal and bones to ash. My side was victorious, but I wouldn't say we won. Others disagreed. I spent centuries questioning. We were supposed to be about love. Nirvana, if you will. And I couldn't reconcile that by sending thousands of angels to the eternal fire without any chance of redemption. That wasn't love. That was hateful and petty. An omnipotent father had other options. Then the Lord of Hosts created man. And the question of how we dealt with the Morning Star, or Lucifer if you prefer, became moot. The Lord of Hosts, in his omniscience, saw what the Morning Star would become, and I came to believe the Morning Star's punishment was not severe enough. Good morning, Gabriella. Surprised to see me? Morning Star, I am surprised to see you in heaven. At least with your head still attached. I have been provided safe passage. No one in heaven can touch me or they risk the wrath of the cherubim. And no one wants that. Surely you realize that I am about to face that very wrath from the Council of Seven. <laughs> yes, love. You have managed to get under their little innocent luminance. But you always did have a little rebellious streak in you. What could you offer the cherubs that would convince them to let you into heaven? This is just like Pompeii again. One of my dark angels hooked up with one of your angels. I don't have angels. No. You have a champion who, as I understand it, is the definition of lust incarnate. Harry is lustful, but lust incarnate is aggrandizing his particular character flaw. <laughs> character flaw? You've never been one to spin your words. Back in the day, you'd have called it what it is. His sin. Regardless, he did sleep with a demon and conceive a child. It's the Pythus again. No, it's different this time. I don't understand. Do you feel something different? Last time, you and I, we raised some hell. Yes, I know what we did. I was there. And I am not sure that was the right thing to do. That's why I- I know what you did. And bravo. Cutting the heads off six seraphims saved a plane full of innocence. Damn, girl. Six of the winged special forces, all by yourself. I always said you were a stone-cold killer, Gabriella. I wonder how I would do against the Lord of Hell. As I recall, he stopped me from sending you to the Eternal Rest last time. Yes. Our father couldn't stand the thought of you killing me. 
He thought it would soil you or some such nonsense. But I knew, and so did you. You would have beheaded me, cleaned off your sword, and moved on. I've always been curious, Gabby. Why didn't you join me? No one, not the father or any of the elder gods, would have been able to touch us. Uh-uh. No, we are not going down memory lane, Morningstar. And never call me Gabby. Are you here just to taunt the prisoner? Never, my love. Taunt free, that's me. I do have something I want to discuss. But first a question. Why are you so adamant this child doesn't die when you are just as adamant that the last child did? Is it because the spawn of Harry Strange and Fiona is your grandchild? Nothing of the sort. I think our last response was an overreaction. <laughs> yes, the people of Pompeii may have thought we were overreacting. I will say this. Your passion that this child not be killed has made me reconsider my position. Should I be honored? It doesn't matter to me. We both know it isn't about the child. It's about what the child can find. Pandora's Pythos. Yes. What power must be in the Pythos if the cherubs would kill innocents? That's the cherubs. They're ready for me. Wait. Before you go, I want you to consider something. Oh, here it comes. One of your temptations? Think of it as a business proposal. Are you really going to try to tempt me? Just listen, Gabriella. The cherub Summus doesn't like you. Despise wouldn't be hyperbolic in describing how she feels. She will push for the severest punishment. You need a friend on the Council of Seven. Pray, cousin, what will your friendship cost? Help me get the child. Wait. Now you want to keep the child? Yes. Only because the child can help us find the Pythus. After that, I'll feed it to my hounds. Whatever is in that Pythus must be very special if you would risk the wrath of the cherubs. Screw the texts. I want to know how that unborn fetus convinced an archangel to let it live. Your mind is polluted with a lust for power. I saved that plane because killing innocents isn't what angels do. <laughs> oh, Gabby. Gabriella, that was a good one. How many did you kill at Sodom, Pompeii, Shonsi? Enough! I know what the death count was. I was there. I'm just saying, don't hide behind that I love humanity myth. Something compelled you to do what you did. The cherubim are going to summon me shortly. Tell me this deal. I plan to be there when Fiona births her baby. Then I will use the whelping to find the Pythus. Come with me, Gabriella. Help me take Fiona's baby. We will discover the secrets of the Pythus together. 
You and I will rule the underworld, Earth, and eventually all the heavens. Think of it, Gabriella. No cherubs, just you and I as emperor and empress supreme. Worlds will bow before us. You can have Harry Strange as your personal handmaiden. No one is dictating to you. No one is dictating to you. The universe is at our feet. Say yes, Gabriella, and I promise the council will make the right decision. Magic and magical people. The unnatural order is all around us. There are white witches, black witches, demons, vamps, werewolves, shapeshifters, ghosts. It's a protoplasmic party of creature features out there. But unless you know where to look, you won't find them. I know where to look. My name is Harry Strange. Are you out of your mind, Kay? Why would Gabriella pick a psychotic little worm like you to be her champion? <laughs> Psychotic little worm. Was that a Freudian thing? No matter. Theodore, cut strange somewhere. Painful. Esther tightened her grip on my arms, her bony fingers cutting into my triceps. Theodore stepped in front of me. He was more bone than flesh. Worms and other ground dwellers had long ago eaten his eyes away. Yet his aim was precise. (laughs) He carved an X onto my torso. Well... X marks the spot. (laughs) I can do this all day. Are you ready to listen? Say what you need to say. I was in the Ottoman Habsburg War when Gabriella came to me. My troops had been decimated and we were hiding out in a village not too far from the front. I was bleeding from every orifice and a couple I didn't know I had. The men I had left didn't have enough functioning parts to stitch together into one person. We were a pitiful bunch, just waiting for death to take us. Then the villagers who offered us shelter started screaming. Kay was walking and talking. It was almost as if I wasn't in the room. Like he had time-traveled in his mind and was reliving his time in that village during the Turkish Wars. I tested Esther's grip on my arms. It was tight, but if I were willing to lose a chunk of flesh, I could probably pull away. I needed to heal a little more first. Taking Theo out would be easy. I didn't know what other traps Kay had set for me. Their children, six daughters, were crying and wailing. I couldn't listen any longer. If the enemy found us, it would be better to die with honor than let this innocent family suffer. I took my sword and, ignoring my men's pleas, limped into the main room. My first thought was that I'd already died and was in hell. Three of the villagers' daughters were lying in pieces on the straw floor, their blood everywhere. The man and his wife were shielding the remaining children from two hortlacks. What the hell is a hortlax? I had to keep Kay talking. I was slowly working my arms free of Esther's grip. A combination vampire-zombie with the endearing qualities of neither. We'd heard of them, but thought they were just part of Turkish mythology. We were good Christian men. Not inclined to believe every pagan story we'd heard. That's another bonus of being touched by an angel, eh, Harry? (laughs) Oh, the things you'll see and the 
places you'll go. I don't remember much of the details. I just knew I couldn't let the remaining children die. I started slashing at both of them with my sword. They responded by attacking me with their claws and teeth. When it was over, they were dead, and my thread was about to be cut. Then Gabriella appeared and gave me the same offer she gave you. You were such a hero. What happened? <laughs> you mean, how did I become the man of mayhem who stands before you in all his glory? Yeah, that's one way to say it. <laughs> Free will, Mr. Strange. Free will. Oh, Theodore, let's put a nice three-inch gash in Mr. Strange's thigh, shall we? Okay, no! <laughs> ah, son of a bitch! You practically <laughs> cut off my leg! <laughs> I guess the undead aren't very good with measurements. They aren't undead, though. They're puppets that you're controlling with your twisted magic. Right you are, Mr. Strange. So don't make me cut off anything valuable. <laughs> It will grow back, but not as effective as before, I think. I'd rather not find out. Neither did I, but the choice wasn't my option. Now, where was I? Oh, yes, free will. It's what sets us apart from the lower beasts. Some of us, anyway. What's that? Should I start cutting muscles? It would be fun to watch you flop around like an oversized puffer fish. No, I'm good. Free will, lower beasts, got it. Free will is a wonderful thing that most people don't fully appreciate. Do you realize that at any moment a husband can decide he doesn't like his wife and he can just walk away? No repercussions. Until the divorce attorney gets his claws into him. <laughs> then he can kill her instead! A little hydrochloric acid? A little lime, and it's, I'm so sorry, officer, I, I don't know what happened. She just left this note on her computer, and I never saw her again. Or he can do like someone in this room did. Shoot her, and then <laughs> cut off her head. Sorry, it tickles me every time I think of you killing your sweet widow Maddie. That was a little different. Maddie was already dead. There was a vampire living in her skin. It was a mercy killing. <laughs> mercy killing? Mercy killing? What an adorable euphemism. You see, that's the beauty of free will. It has allowed us the freedom to spin events to our advantage. The villain doesn't see himself as the villain. His motivations are as pure as yours. Then why did you betray Gabriella? I did not. She knew I had free will. I just decided to exercise it. Think about it, Strange. You and I are immortal. Why not throw a moral in there and make it a real party? <laughs> I opened my mouth but decided that silence was the better part of valor. Many of my wounds were healed and I'd have to make my move soon. No need to risk another slice by taunting the madman. They are like ants. I have seen centuries of human development, and I can assure you the technology may change, but their beastly nature stays the same. <laughs> it's the only thing that makes them tolerable. You and I aren't so different, Strange. I have centuries of growth and knowledge, but we started out in the same place, doing things for love. <laughs>
<laughs> love, the biggest joke ever perpetrated on humans. The only thing love does is keep people in shackles. The free people, they are the ones who see beyond the poets and the lamentations to the reality. A dog doesn't really love you. He may understand his survival is based on your goodwill, and he may fear you, but he doesn't love you. Only humans are foolish enough to believe that lie. Kay paused and looked at me, then at Theodore. Then what is real, Kay? That cut on your chest, that's real. That fear that I may cut something more valuable, that's real. The power I have to control these mindless corpses and through them control your emotions, that, my brother, is real. What do you want from me? Nothing, really. Then why the charcoal messenger? Why the exploding corpses? Why drag me out here if you don't want anything from me? Well, I did miss your company. <laughs> okay. I did want to have a little fun. Theodore, castrate Mr. Strange. How do you plead? Hmm? Gabriella, you've sat on this council. You know the accused must enter a plea. When I sat on the council, the Dark Lord of the Dam didn't sit with me. Only because I wasn't asked. I would gladly sit by your side. Then you shouldn't have betrayed the Lord of Hosts. Are you still angry about that? Turn the other cheek, Gabriella. Still angry? Still angry? That's what we've been at war for, for eons. Still angry? I should dive across that pulpit and turn you into salt and tear your head off. Enough! The accused will not attack one of this council members, regardless of his status. This is a joke. If I'm to be judged, I want to be judged by the Lord, not the floating naked babies and the evil one. That choice is not yours. We have full authority in this manner. I cannot believe the Lord of Hosts would allow this sinful, malevolent creature to soil the tranquility of heaven. Except that heaven isn't tranquil. You saw to that when you deliberately killed six Seraphim who are acting under our orders. The cherubim demand a plea, Gabriella. You are compelled to obey. I will not dignify this vile and unholy council with a response. You must obey. I will not. I am innocent. Maybe you should try singing Christmas carols next time. So be it. We have considered your actions back to the dawn of mankind. You served our Lord faithfully and fully prior to that. However, once he created the hairless monkeys, you diverged from the path. Perhaps not as much as some. <clears throat> but enough that the cherubim took notice. In the 1500s, you graced a mortal with immortality. You gave him the ability to heal himself, dominion over some lower beasts, and to perform minor miracles. We believe you called him your champion. What was his name? You know his name, Cherub Summers. We do. <laughs> we just want you to say it. Or... 
Shall we compel you again? Fructor Curl. Mr. K in the vernacular? Hmm? Tell us, Gabriella, how long was it before he committed his first atrocity with his newfound grace? It was about 50 years. And yet, you didn't remove your grace. Why is that? My grace is a gift, given freely and accepted freely. Gifts should not be taken back. That humans have free will is no fault of mine. There was nothing in Curl's past to make me think he would go so rogue. Rogue? Angel, please. Are you understating again? Mr. K is one of my favorite humans. He embodies everything that is vile and perverse about the hairless apes. It gives me the shivers when I think about his actions at the convent. Those poor, innocent nuns. In their darkest dreams, they never thought such horrors were possible. I imprisoned him in an abbey. Yes, you did. But he escaped last year. And how exactly did that happen? Hmm? The second human you graced as your champion freed him! That was not Harry Strange's fault. He tried to stop it at the end. Yes, he did. Of course, it it was much like trying to stop a boulder once it's rolling downhill. And in this case, Harry was the one who set the boulder in motion. Harry was trying to save lives. People often die when Harry tries to save lives. The cherubim want to know why you continually choose such weak-minded champions. Harry and Mr. K are not weak-minded. If anything, they are strong-willed. Some may say stubborn. And yet... You grace them with abilities to challenge our dominion over them. We don't have dominion over man. Humans were given free will by the Lord of Hosts so they can choose their own paths. It's not our place to force them down our road. But we are to guide them to our path. One of your champions massacred those who are on the right path, and the other uses moral relativity as his guide. Tell us, Gabriella, when have either of them done anything to glorify the angels? Glorify the angels? Now I see why the Morning Star is on this council. You've become as prideful as he. You think the angels are worthy of mankind's praise and glory? We are not elder gods or demons who require adoration and sacrifice. Our Father's mandate is that we serve man, not put ourselves above him. Did the cherub summons forget, or did you just decide to elevate yourself? I am done here. Don't you dare leave these chambers! Well, I guess she told you, cherub summons. You truly don't have any control over her. Perhaps I should take my deal to someone more effective. Shut up, Morningstar! She cannot thwart the combined will of the cherubim. Brothers, sisters, let us will Gabriella back. Theodore walked toward me, lowering the dagger to my crotch. There wasn't any comprehension in him, just a beast following his master's command. Kay, don't do this. Hmm. 
Um... <laughs> no, but don't worry, Strange. It'll grow back. Sort of. I pushed backward into Esther, driving us both into the wall. She held fast. Theodore continued to advance. I brought up my leg and kicked Theo in his stomach. He paused, but only for a moment. Blood was pooling and running down my arms from where Esther's fingers dug into my biceps. I kicked out at Theodore again and he brushed my leg away. Time for a new tactic. I smashed back into Esther again. I reversed my weight out and away from her. She couldn't adjust fast enough and I tore from her grip, ripping one of her arms out of her shoulder socket. At that same moment, Theodore lunged forward, driving the dagger of Yago into my side and Esther's front. I continued to turn. Theodore continued through me, pulling out a chunk of my skin the size of a fist. The pain was like rusted razor blades tearing into my stomach. Get him! Kill Strange! I rolled away from Theodore. He was lumbering and slow. I came up behind him and grabbed his head in a reverse lock and pulled. His head was wrinkly and dry, like an old man's testicles. And this close, he smelled like bad cheese. I yanked and twisted. The skin on his neck stretched briefly and I rolled backward, holding his head in my hand. I turned to Kay and threw it at him, catching him high in the shoulder blades. He tumbled forward, putting his hands out to catch himself on the table of ossuaries. It was a symbolic gesture at best, though. It barely slowed Kay down. I tried to pull my dagger from Theodore's grip, but even in death, Theodore held it tight. The nerves on the side of my stomach felt like screaming siren sound. There wasn't time for that now. I smashed Theodore's wrist into the wall three times. It finally shattered, and the hand holding my dagger of Yago fell. I shattered Theodore's wrist by stomping it into the ground of the mausoleum. I spun toward Kay, my dagger pointing at his throat. He was holding a large staff aimed at my chest. A golden crystal the size of a human heart, held in place with wooden branches fashioned into eagle claws, was sparking at the end of the staff. <laughs> Never bring a dagger to a one fight, Mr. Strange. Son of a bitch. My side was throbbing. I was fighting just to stay on my feet. Why do you continue to fight? The most we can hope for is a draw. What are you going to do, Kay? Zap me? I'll only come back. I'm as immortal as you are. Hmm. I wonder how soon you would come back. That's a lot of blood running down your leg. Your concern is touching. It's in my best interest. We should be fighting together, not against each other. We could be kings! You're insane! No! I'm committed! I am this close to owning the key to ruling the universe! <laughs> Except for the two crazy bitches in my way. Help me, Strange. I will forgive all of this. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> Your child, Papa. Excuse me? Kay and I stood facing each other, me with my dagger and him with his six-foot-long staff. The light from the fire outside cast our shadows on the far wall, giving the appearance of us in motion. Almost as if he and I were dancing. Your child... The result of your dalliance with the demon Fiona. Surely you knew. I heard a rumor. Really? You didn't strike me as the hump and run kind of fellow. <laughs> What's your point? This child, the spawn of an angel putting his lime in a demon's coconut, is the key to everything. God, the devil, the elder gods, they mean nothing compared to the power this child brings. What do you need me for? I can't have you screwing up my plans, and the kid needs a father. Plus, I still have to deal with Fiona and Yara. Yara? 
a part snake, part crazy woman monster. She has plans for that child and the secrets that child holds. I'm sort of working with her, <laughs> but just to get close to the child. And then what? You're going to kidnap it? Perhaps. I may just have to stay with it, be its friend, the trusted uncle. Uncle K. <laughs> I would be a good uncle. And it's going to need some male influence after its mother dies trying to defend it against the snake woman. While Kay was ranting, I threw my dagger at him. It caught him high on the shoulder and drove him backward against the ossuaries. I was on auxiliary power. You're a fool, Harry Strange! Nope, I'm just committed. I charged him hard, drawing the dagger out of his shoulder and slashing out at him again. Even as I cut the side of his face, his shoulder wound was healing. Son of a bitch was in line. He saw where I was looking. Believe me now, Strange! I am just like you! You're nothing like me! I was too close for him to use the magic end of the staff, so he swung and hit me with it instead. I was surprised how much weight the staff had in it, and how much English he was able to muster up behind it. I crashed into a wall of six inches of solid cement. Join me! With my brains and your brute force, we will be invincible! I slashed again, cutting through his shirt and part of his stomach. He swung the staff downward, hitting me in the head. Everything started to swim away. I dropped to one knee and he stepped back, almost to the wall. I moved in and swung again. He almost got me on the side of my head. I tossed the dagger in the air, planning to catch the blade and then throw it at his grinning face. Instead, he swung, knocking the dagger out of the air into the other wall, well out of my reach. He held the staff the way I would hold a rifle. The gold crystal began to pulsate. Well, Mr. Strange, this is an interesting position. You on your knees in front of me. Perhaps you should get used to that. I am going to... Shh! You're just embarrassing us both. So, still going to be the Cub Scout, huh? Have it your way. Kay drew back the staff. I was too weak to do much of anything. All I could do was take solace in the fact that I could use the sleep. Goodbye, Mr. Strange! Struggle as much as you'd like, Gabriella. <laughs> the chains restraining you are from not uh, the strongest metal in the universe. All you'll do is damage your wings. Why am I not surprised you would be using steel forged in the bowels of hell? Whose side are you on, cherub? If you continue to speak out of turn, I will stitch your lips shut with the same Nactarian steel. Are we clear? Appearances are deceiving, Gabriella. We may do things that seem out of the host plan, but I assure you, there is a plan. When you killed the Seraphim, we assumed you doomed us all. However, in light of new information, we believe you acted with prudence and perhaps saved us from a foolhardy decision. Great! A happy ending for the cherubs. All's well that ends well. Release me! <laughs> I didn't say you were free! You acted against our authority, were aloof, prideful, and treated this council with contempt. You owe us a penance. 
We simply wanted you to know that even through your disobedience, you served our will. Release me, cherub, and I will consider mercy when I pass my judgment on you. (laughs) Your days of passing judgment on anyone are finished, Gabriella. We have considered your punishment. You are a threat to the peace in heaven. Your disobedience cannot be tolerated, and we will use you as an example. (laughs) Therefore, it is the judgment of this Council of Seven that you, Gabriella, Archangel of the Lord, be stripped of your grace. What? No! That's not possible! You don't have that power! Our unanimous decision among this council is... (laughs) All it takes! And you all agree with this? Well, of course the cherubim do! They are puppets to the puppet master! What of you, Morningstar? Were those words you spoke to me as empty as your soul? Different choices lead to different outcomes, Gabriella. I will seek justice from everyone on this council. Each of you can expect a visit. The Lord will not tolerate one of his soldiers being cast out. Your words are boastful, but barren. You will remember none of your time in heaven. You would make me a target for every demon of the evil one? Of course not. We are not without mercy. We will mark your soul with the brand of Cain. No one will harm you, lest sevenfold the harm fall back on them, their families, and their ancestors. Why is everyone looking at me? I wouldn't harm a hair on her little head. Know this, Gabriella. With your loss of grace, so goes the grace you have blessed on others. Cherub Summers. I have graced many. I have answered many prayers. Please, don't make the human suffer for my misdeeds. I agree, brothers and sisters. (laughs) I'm sorry, Gabriella. We cannot separate your grace. Even now, planes will crash and surgeons will die as they operate. The ripples from this decision will spread across the earth in incalculable ways. Calculated it. The losses, 1.3 million, will be acceptable. No! I beg of you, don't do this! All choices have outcomes, Gabriella. Cherubs, mark her with the brand of Cain. No! 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 Kate pointed the staff at me. Inside the gold ball were tiny flashes of light, growing brighter in their intensity, like a Tesla globe. I'm going to enjoy keeping you in a mausoleum just like this, Strange. Goodbye! Lightning cracked and I waited for the blast. A misfire, Kay? That's... that's... that's never happened to me before. Pity. There's a pill for that now, I hear. I grabbed the end of the staff, planning to push it back into Kay's gut. Damn it, that burns! <laughs> Is my gold ball a little too hot for you to handle, Strange? How about upside your head? How will that feel? Kay rang my bell with that swing. 
I saw flashes of lights everywhere I looked. Kay was like a wild man, swinging everywhere, trying to connect with any part of me. I crawled, more out of necessity than strategy, to my dagger. My hands had taken on the consistency and look of raw meat. I did my best to pick up my dagger. Then I saw my raincoat stuffed under the table with the ossuaries. There was a forty-five in my pocket. If I could... Ow! Was that your ankle, Mr. Strange? Was that your face, Mr. K? What? I twisted and threw the dagger at the same time. At the last second, K jerked his head to the right, but not enough to avoid the blade completely. The dagger cut an almost perfectly straight line from the corner of his lip, across his face, and through his ear. <laughs> oh, that sort of stings! You know, unlike you, who is weak and slow, I'm already healing! He pulled his hand away from his face. Think so? Look at your hand. He did. It was coated in blood. His face was not healing. And neither were my hands. Hmm. This isn't good. While Kay was considering his options, I had crawled to my jacket and was looking for my gun. I never heard Kay behind me. This isn't over, Strange! My gun wasn't in the jacket. Then I heard the hammer click. Son of a bitch. Looking for this, Harry? I rolled over and Kay was pointing my gun at me. It's not very elegant, but I suppose shooting you is just as effective as anything else. No! I had nothing else. I kicked out Kay's knee and it shattered. He fell forward, landing on top of me. Then I kicked the gun away. He grabbed the hole in my side and squeezed. The pain was intense, and my consciousness slipped away. Harry Strange, Episode 312, An Unfortunate Victim of Circumstance, Part 2, was written by Tony Serechia and directed by Jason Tyler. Sound designed by Molly Silverman. All material is copyright by Tony Serechia and used with his permission. Featured in tonight's cast were Leanna Adams, Sketch McWinner, Kellen Stennett, Joe Roche, and Trisha Groves. To keep up with the latest news and information on everyone's favorite private investigator, visit our Facebook page at facebook.com slash harrystrangeradio. Send your questions, comments, and suggestions to producer at harrystrange.com. For comments that may be included on future shows, call the listener hotline at 678-379-TONY. That's 678-379-8669. Harry's opening and closing theme music was written and performed by Ryan Lassard and is copyrighted by Ryan Lassard and used with his permission. Contact Ryan at rlassardmusic at gmail.com. Incidental music was written and performed by Kevin McLeod and is copyrighted by Kevin McLeod and used with his permission. Visit Incompetech.com for more of Kevin's music. Sound effects licensed by SoundSnap.com. Remember, you can help out the show by picking up a copy of Harry Strange and the Stones of Solomon at your favorite bookseller or Amazon.com. For the Harry Strange radio drama, I am Joanne Pruden. Good night. <laughs>